Welcome to Kanenbaum Podcast, episode number 53. I'm Tom Barthel, glad to be serving as your host for this episode. Also serving as pastor at Christ Lutheran Church, a Wells congregation in Baxter, Minnesota. We'll begin today with God's Word for You, shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 16, verses 6 to 14. We've been listening to Job. He's answering his friend Eliphaz. Yet if I speak, my pain is not revealed, and if I refrain, it doesn't go away. Surely, O God, you have worn me out. You have devastated my entire household. You have bound me, and it has become a witness. My gauntness rises up and testifies against me. Over the years, people have wondered about Job's comment here that all his company is desolate or devastated. That's the King James of verse 7. You have desolated my, or devastated my entire household here in the NIV. The NIV leans the translation toward the more understandable household so that the unnecessary question that doesn't even need to be asked, such as, how has God devastated Job's three friends? Aren't they his company? The Hebrew term in question is is edah, any group of people assembled together, especially by summons or by a family affinity. So we can have a, a community of Israel and edah Yisrael in Exodus 12.3, or a band of evil men in Psalm 22, or even a swarm of bees in Judges 14. That's all based on the word edah. Here, Job's whole community is harmed from his children to the servants who were put to the sword by marauders, to the people in the area who maybe benefited from Job's prosperity and protection. Everyone around Job has suffered because of Job's suffering. Verse 9. God assails me and tears me in his anger and gnashes his teeth at me. My opponent fastens on me his piercing eyes. The image of God here is of a wild animal tearing open a carcass and snarling at anyone who's passing by. This is the image of God in all his fury over sin. This is the only image of God to be seen by those suffering in hell. The Almighty God, in all his holiness and power, unmasked by the filter of his mercy through Christ, this is the terrible God who punishes all who reject his gospel. This is what unbelievers will have forever in eternal punishment. Verse 10. Men open their mouths to jeer at me. They strike my cheek in scorn and unite together against me. I've I've been surprised uh, actually not to find any references to Christ in any of the ancient commentators here. Even Gregory the Great, who was a uh, who was a Catholic pope in the very early days of the papacy, 540 to 604 A.D., he wrote a massive allegorical commentary on Job called the Moralia or the Morals. But he saw only violence against Christian preachers here. At the very least, we can say that Job's words anticipate the cries of the Savior, prophetically laid before us also in Psalm twenty two. All they are all who seek me mock or all who see me mock me, they hurl insults, shaking their head. And then remember Isaiah fifty three, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. And Micah said about the Savior, they will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. And that passage from Psalm twenty two, I think it unites Job six 
Job 16 together, again in the context of the prophecy about the Messiah, roaring lions, tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. That's Psalm 22:12. The language that Job uses here might or might not be a prophecy about the Messiah, and the New Testament doesn't say it is, so I, I think that I won't either. But it's certainly easier to see it as the cry of a tormented man in his pain. But we should not be a bit surprised that the same kinds of cries served as prophecies of Jesus' suffering on the cross for our sins. Verses 11 to 14. God has turned me over to evil men and thrown me into the clutches of the wicked. As well, or All was well with me, but he shattered me. He seized me by the neck and crushed me. He has made me his target. His arches, archers surround me. Without pity, he pierces my kidneys and spills my gall on the ground. Again and again, he bursts upon me. He rushes at me like a warrior. Job's complaint is, is simply this. God's using me for target practice. There's no unbelief here. There's no doubt. It's just a man who's afflicted and in pain. We can't comfort Job today, but we can comfort each other when one of us is in pain like this. The comfort we've been given from God is that he is with us and will not forsake us. His forgiveness covers the guilt of our sins. And God's compassion floods over into every other part of our lives. He is not just a God who wants us to be sinless. He is the God who rescued us from our sins. He is our God who wants us to serve him to be fulfilled, to be loved, to be with him forever in heaven. He is the one God who loves us today, tomorrow, and always. And he even uses us to proclaim his forgiveness and love and peace to each other. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. The Star Proclaims is shared by Branches Band.
We continue with Moment with the Master by Pastor Aaron Nitz. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The portion of God's Word that I'd like to share with you today is from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 25 and 26. It's uh, part of the account when uh, the great patriarch Jacob is uh, returning to the land of of Canaan, returning to uh, the promised land from being away in Haran. It's after Jacob had deceived his brother Esau and had to leave because Esau wanted to kill him. About 20 years later, after he had stayed in the land of Haran, and uh, accumulated um, a large family and accumulated a lot of um, a pretty pretty large estate and he's heading back to the promised land but he doesn't doesn't know how how his brother Esau is going to react is Esau still upset with him is he still out for revenge well he's just heard that Esau is is going out to meet him with 400 and armed men And so Jacob spends the night in prayer. And as he's praying, um, he he begins to wrestle with a man. In fact, he begins to wrestle with God, God the Son. And the portion of our text reads, When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Can you imagine walking around for the rest of your life with a dislocated hip? Jacob did. It must have been a humbling experience. Every time Jacob felt the pain, it would have reminded him of this unusual event. It would have reminded him of the power of the one he was wrestling with, who could simply touch him and wrench his hip out of joint. It definitely wasn't his physical ability that won that day. His hip would have also reminded him of what God did for him that day. With a dislocated hip, all he could do was cling to this divine opponent and boldly lean and cling to the promises God had made to him. God had promised to bless him and bring a Savior to the world through his family. In faith, Jacob clung to that promise and insisted on God's blessing. Well, God has made promises to you, too. He's promised to be with you wherever you go, to strengthen you through his word, to work all things out for your eternal good, to forgive all your sins, and to take you to heaven when you die. So, cling to your Heavenly Father in faith no matter what's going on in your life right now. Pray to him persistently. Hold on to the promises he has given you. And you will, in a way, overcome God to give you the blessings that he's already wanting to give to you. I'm joyful to cling to my Heavenly Father, and so are you. May the Lord pour out his blessings to you this day and always. The following mission blog was posted on wells.net slash missions. Wells Mission Blog for December 13, 2013. Homework Evangelism.
Holly is married to David, a Wells friendly counselor to a Wells sister church body in India. Holly writes about a recent experience with one of her English students. He was a model student, the kind every teacher wants in their classroom. He was punctual, respectful, attentive, and never missed a homework deadline. Learning English was a struggle for him. He had grown up and attended school in rural India. There were not a lot of English speakers in his village. There were certainly none in his family. Yet he was eager to learn. But in the last month of school, his perfect pattern was broken. He didn't turn in his homework. You could tell he felt bad about this. As others turned in their assignments, he looked down with guilt written all over his face. He offered no explanation as the teacher collected the papers. He waited until after class for a private time with the teacher. His explanation warmed the teacher's heart. He told her how his father and daughter have learned a little English by looking at his homework. His father was eager to share what he had learned, so he took the homework with him to a meeting of el elderly villagers. He wanted to help them learn a little English. Then his daughter took it to her college to help other students with their English. So he said he was truly sorry, but he could not turn in his English assignment on time since it was still floating around somewhere in rural India. The teacher thought about that for a while and concluded, how wonderful. You see, on every English homework assignment, there is a Bible verse and a Christ-centered picture and message. This assignment happened to announce Jesus is the light of the world. How many friends and neighbors were invited to follow Jesus by this student sharing his homework through his father and daughter? Something far better happened than homework being turned in on time. Christ was shared. Light shined in the darkness. The student was excused. In fact, he was encouraged to keep doing this homework evangelism. This arrangement of Mary Did You Know is shared by Koine. Save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? Your baby boy will give sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby. You've kissed the face of God The blind will see The deaf will hear The dead will live again The lame will leap The dumb will speak The praises of the
Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great You've been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 53. This podcast was first shared in January of 2014. We'd like to thank Branches Band as well as Koine for their music in this podcast. For information on these artists, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com and learn how you can support them. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells Ministry location nearest you. Thanks for listening.